In this episode, we discuss how to navigate through the current coronavirus challenges and roadblocks that sellers are dealing with when it comes to China supply chain. I am joined by Brian Miller, who has been living and working in China for the past 10 years. Now, Brian will help us make sense out of what's really going on in China right now and how we should be positioning our businesses going forward. Let's get after it. Hey, hey, everybody, what is going on? Welcome to episode number 146 of the Private Labeler Show. I'm your wonderful host, Nick Landowski, and I wanted to thank you for tuning in for yet another episode, no matter where in the world you may be listening. And uh, hopefully you guys are doing well on this quarantined lockdown time. I hope that you're happy and healthy, staying productive. And just a little word of advice, if you have a family that, you, that lives with you, try not to get on each other's nerves right now during this lockdown time. I can imagine there's just lots of eye rolling and arguments. So just be cool and we'll all get through this. Now today, everybody, I'm really excited about this episode because I'm going to be joined by Brian Miller here in a second. And we're going to chat about all things China, dealing with coronavirus and also dealing with the current shipping challenges, and actually many other topics. So you're going to want to stay tuned as we get into a lot of awesome stuff on this conversation that I'm about to play for you guys. But before we dive into the fun, I wanted to quickly communicate sort of like an update or a change to the previous episode that I uploaded, which would have been number 145, dealing with trademarks. So I made a mistake and I wanted to correct that. And uh, I think the information that I left out was really important for you guys to know and understand. Again, that was dealing with trademarks. So the, the conversation came up about whether or not you can fast track your acceptance into Amazon brand registry. So the actual answer is now you can, and that is with the IP accelerator program that Amazon has set up. So if you log into your Seller Central account and go underneath apps and services, you'll see an IP accelerator option. And if you work with a company that Amazon has vetted and put on that program there for the IP Accelerator, you can get fast-tracked to get acceptance into Amazon brand registry in as little as two to three weeks now. So just a heads up, it is not, uh, not cheap to use the IP Accelerator program to get your trademark uh, filed and processed. So it, just kind of be aware that it's not a cheap option, but if you don't really care about the cost and you just need those features and that uh, brand registry offers and you don't really care, then look into the IP Accelerator program to get fast track. However, if you don't absolutely need to get into brand registry anytime soon, if, you're, if, if you can wait for it or you don't have the deep pockets or the extra money uh, to use the IP Accelerator program, you can certainly just kind of go through it the old fashioned way and file and just wait however many months it's gonna be. And then uh, you can get accepted into the brand registry program once you got that trademark going. So I just wanted to communicate that. Again, I apologize for not including that information. It is really important. So just check out the IP Accelerator program if you are um, in need of brand registry in a rather short period of time. Okay, so let's get after it here now. So no doubt by now, we're all affected by this coronavirus stuff um, in one way or another. Uh, from the ground level with Amazon, obviously everybody's experiencing issues with shipping, with inventory, with long delivery times. And if you go all the way over to China, where I'm assuming most of you guys get your stuff, 
Uh, obviously, we've all had probably some headaches or experiences dealing with, um, you know, suppliers not getting back to work on time due to all this. And now we're experiencing a lot of shipping delays and just sky high shipping prices and just just a lot to think about. So we're going to kind of talk about that stuff. Uh, Brian's going to jump on in here just a second, and he's going to help us navigate through those waters to help us understand not only what's going on, but how to make decisions uh, going forward as we kind of maneuver our way through this coronavirus mess. So Brian uh, has been living in China for the past 10 years, and he's previously worked for one of the largest Chinese government-owned manufacturers managing their North American export operations. Now, he also runs a third-party logistics warehouse in Shenzhen called EasyChinaWarehouse.com. So the company provides third-party logistics and shipping for Amazon FBA sellers and essentially any e-commerce company creating products in China. Um, he also founded and runs a mid-six-figure e-commerce company which sells Bluetooth speakers. So I always love having people that are actual Amazon sellers and uh, this guy is actually boots on the ground, everybody. So that's why it was really important for me to get him on the podcast. Somebody who's actually boots on the ground in China, living in China, understanding what's going on over there. So he's going to communicate all that information for us. So this is going to be a very, very informative episode. Make sure you stay tuned until the very end, because I will also recap uh, our conversation and hand out my key points as usual. And if you guys want show notes to the episode, make sure you go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash 146, 146. So that's privatelabelershow.com forward slash 146 to get those show notes or any links that we talk about in this episode. So without further ado, let's get after it. Hey, everybody. I would like you to welcome Mr. Brian Miller to the show. Welcome, Brian. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, appreciate you coming. Uh, you are over in Shenzhen, China right now. Uh, we are kind of what, 12 hours difference in time, eh? Yeah, it's my morning. So I'm just starting my day. I guess you're ready for uh, bed now. I assume. Yeah, bed pretty soon here. So I'm glad that you could join us. Uh, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about what's been going on in the world when it comes to coronavirus and kind of the effects on supply chain and all that stuff. So Brian, if you wouldn't mind, could you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. I'm Brian Miller. Um, I'm originally a native of Connecticut in the U.S. And I've been in China for the last 10 years. Um, and currently I run an e-commerce logistics uh, 3PL out of Shenzhen, China. And we basically help e-commerce sellers take their product from the factory in China and ship it to the rest of the world to their customers. Excellent. And we've been uh, talking here just a few months before we start recording kind of about what's been going on in China itself. Uh, obviously, there's a lot, of, a lot of chaos in the world right now on a lot of ends. But as, uh, as it goes with Amazon and e-commerce, you know, we're all dealing with issues right now, just like everybody else when it comes to shipping and in stocks and, and just trying to get product moved around. So if you wouldn't mind, can you kind of just give us a quick picture? Your boots on the ground in Shenzhen right now. Can you tell us a little bit about what's been going on as far as what you can see? Maybe just to kind of share, uh, share a little bit of that uh, with, with the audience. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm not going to go like deep into like the timeline of the, 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 the virus, but basically it kind of started in January. And then after Chinese New Year, um, around February, I think a lot of us saw some... Um, delays in our production. 
and the delays uh, were probably through most of, of February. Even though a lot of factories said that they were, you know, getting online, we saw here on the ground that that things were actually very slow to get back, um, and that was due to to a few factors in China. Um, one was migrant labor work work uh, within China is very important to to the factories, and a lot of that migrant labor uh, was unable to get to factories. So we had a lot of quarantines around China at the time when the virus was uh, spreading. And so a lot of factories couldn't get their workers back on. And also um, there were new safety restrictions for commercial facilities. So my warehouse, as well as any of the other production facilities had to like um, abide by new safety protocols and have um, safety inspectors come uh, to our facility to approve us to get working again. So that's kind of what we saw at least on the production side in February that was really slowing things down. Um, and then we saw most factories kind of get back to work or start really ramping up production in March. So I think a lot of us saw that like things were moving forward and our orders were kind of getting made uh, over the last month. So that's kind of what we've seen on the production side. And we anticipate at least um, by the end of April that uh, a lot of, you know, most all production or at least factories will be at a hundred, uh, close to a hundred percent capacity, um, and 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 yeah. So that's what we've seen on that side. But on the um, on the shipping side, we've seen a lot of um, strains uh, as people are trying to ship their goods out of China now. Yeah, um, I actually posted in my Facebook group. Maybe it was like a week a week and a half ago. Kind of just some frustrations, just in in trying to get my orders shipped out of China um, at a reasonable cost, number one, but then in a reasonable time time frame or whatever, it seems like there was always things coming up or from day to day, the, the prices were just going up. And I know a lot of listeners right now, if, if you've, you're probably experiencing that as well, um, you know, it, as far as what you said, uh, you know, as far as the, the, the workers going back to uh, produce the orders, I mean, they bounced back really, really quick, in my opinion, obviously coming out of uh, the situation they're in, I was expecting huge delays, but um, as soon as a lot of those suppliers and factories got back to work, I mean, I, I was really, really impressed by that. But then therein lies the problem. Uh, how do I get, how do I get my goods out? How do I get them out at a, re, you know, at a somewhat reasonable cost? I know that's kind of stretching it, but I think that's the biggest thing that I am seeing right now. Uh, you know, we were just talking earlier that, you know, a lot of my profits are going to be erased right now because of shipping prices have increased so much. And it seems like from day to day is if I get a, a quote from a representative or whatever, uh, the, the prices just kind of keep going up and up and up. And I keep hearing all sorts of different reasons why, uh, you know, this is happening or that's happening. And obviously one of the main reasons I'm hearing is just that there's just a shortage of flights, you know, number one and different channels between DDP or, you know, different shipping methods. It's, there's just a big mess. And I even heard, um, from one of my uh, one of my contacts over there, that there was an issue with uh, some of the masks that were being shipped out, and I don't know if it was just with DHL or some of the some specific companies, but the Chinese government kind of got involved and slowed everything else down because they were inspecting certain shipments to deal with masks. So that's kind of what I kept hearing on why there were even more delays further. So what what are you hearing in terms of like some of these delays, and how can we navigate us as sellers? Like how can we navigate this so that way we can get our goods shipped out 
at a, I don't know, maybe somewhat of a reasonable price. I don't even know if that's possible, but like, what can we expect, I guess? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I agree with you. Like for us, at least in our business, like the, the price and what's happening in uh, shipping is like unprecedented. So usually in Q4, we see a slow ramp up of air freight prices and sea freight kind of ramps up a bit uh, toward, you know, going into Q4. And usually after Q4, we see a steep drop in the prices of these ship shipment methods because of, you know, there's not much demand. And what happened, what's happening now is we're seeing the prices go up basically, you know, daily. Um, and there's a few reasons why this is happening. The first is, as you said, um, air freight capacity. So what I think a lot of people don't realize is that a, a significant amount of air freight is shipped in the bellies of passenger flights. So, um, you know, we're not just talking regular full air freight uh, airplanes. Um, but when we have all the cancellations that we do nowadays uh, with passenger flights and people really not traveling that much around the world because of the coronavirus, that significantly impacts the amount of capacity that we can use to ship out of China or anywhere, actually. Um, so that's one thing, a huge supply constraint. Uh, the second thing that happened was because Chinese factories were kind of slow to get a production going, people kind of started to run out of inventory and you started to see everyone wanting, whereas normally a lot of people would sea ship, we started seeing most sellers move to shipping all their products by air. And so you have a massive supply shortage in the amount of uh, uh, air freight. And then we saw a massive surge in the demand for air freight. And this is kind of what started to push prices um, up. And um, then on top of that, when you add the uh, need for and, and the, the kind of shortage of medical uh, protective equipment around the world and uh, the urgency for that type of things, we're seeing like at our logistics uh, center where there's a whole bunch of logistics companies that they are just packed full of, as you said, masks and protective gear for hospital workers. And all that stuff is getting air freighted. So we're kind of like, you know, overloading the system in, 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 in demand and have an ex extreme shortage of supply. Um, and us ourselves usually provide a rate table for our customers uh, for a month or two. And now we've had to go into um, daily uh, quoting because it's changing so quickly. So this is kind of like why, why we're seeing it go up and why it hasn't stopped. It's continuing to go up and the air freight volume at our uh, facility has increased significantly. So we can see it on the ground. The whole parking lot is full of stuff to get air freighted. Crazy, <laughs> and we've yeah. never seen that. Yeah, yeah. Usually like we have like places that are on the first floor that like receive and ship things. And usually those facilities are full, but they're so full that they've just dropped stuff in the parking lot. Like it's so, it's so, it's so in hot. <laughs> There's so much demand. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, you mentioned the masks or whatever, obviously that's, that's been the hot item around the world, what the past few weeks, if not more. And I thought it was pretty bizarre how, um, you know, some of my logistics companies or forwarders were literally emailing me saying, Hey, do you want some masks? Like we can get some for you. I'm like, they were even trying to sell them to me. And it was just so like, <laughs> I'm like going, wait a minute, who, who is this emailing me? Like what? Like, that's crazy. And obviously, you know, the listeners out there probably experience this, but I'm sure all of their 
suppliers out there, their contacts or their reps have been, you know, trying to sell them masks as well. Uh, that's just, it seems like they're pushing that so hard and there's been such a demand to get those out and about. So yeah, that's that along with, you know, whatever other devices or, or equipment or gear, you know, that's, that seems to be getting the priority as far as, you know, the, the medical purposes. So yeah, that's just jamming everything up. And I just, it's just kind of this crazy that, you know, they're, 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 uh, even affordators are, are trying to push that stuff right now and, and whatnot. But I guess, um, you mentioned everybody had kind of inventory issues or lack thereof at, let's just say Amazon, if they're doing FBA or what have you. So they normally would ship via sea and all of a sudden they're thinking, wow, I need to get stuff to Amazon or whatever, like yesterday. And that's kind of my case as well, where, you know, I'm kind of going, okay, um, I, I need inventory bad or I'm running low or I've been out for a while and sea shipping seems obviously more attractive price wise, but then you need it there so quick with an air makes more sense just to get it there. But then you're kind of eating up all your profits with some of these outrageous prices. Um, and it just kind of seems going up and up and up and up. And every day that you delay, you know, there's less and less money for you left over at the end of a sale, obviously. But I guess, uh, as, as far as like, you know, if, if, if Forder says, if a forwarder says, Hey, you know, we can get this shipment out in, you know, 10, 12 days or whatever they're, they're kind of quoting you on time. Is that all just, they're just guessing at this point too, because if that's what it would normally be on a normal run, you know, to get it from China to the U S um, is, is all the time stuff just up in the air as well. Like even if you do ship via air, is that just all who knows really, because there could be more delays or there could be this or that that comes up. Yeah. So I would, I would generally agree that it's hard to know, um, for air these days, like for us, usually if we ship, for example, UPS and we get UPS, maybe three to five days to the U S like express, mm -hmm. we are estimating now twice that time. So we're estimating like six to 10 days for ourselves. And that's what we're telling our customers. Um, maybe, maybe some other people will, <laughs> will try to say that, that it's going to be faster to kind of, you know, get you more enticed to use their services. But we've been basically adding twice the normal shipping time for air, whatever that is, as estimates to our customers. And we think that's pretty reasonable because we are seeing delays. Um, so a lot of the air freight is just also has to wait in line. Um, so we're seeing actually lines for your air freight, even with UPS before it goes out. So they might, you know, we might have like a, a, a three-day line before we even get accepted to, to, for UPS to take certain freight. And so, so that's where we're seeing delays on one side. And then the other side is just in the U.S., uh, the final delivery, as we know, even with Amazon locally, you know, if you're shipping from an FBA warehouse, it's a bit slower and things are moving slower. So we're seeing delays on either, uh, on, not on either, on both sides. Um, for air shipments. Um, so, yeah. So, so a question though, um, if that's the case and that makes total sense that that's going to happen right around now with the air shipments. But if uh, somebody says, well, if that's the case, if it's going to be delayed that much by air, what about sea shipping right now based on what you're seeing? Uh, is, are, 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 uh, are we looking at the same time, uh, time frame as normal or is that even delayed as well, getting that all, all situated and going? Yeah, generally, I mean, we, we actually see relatively stable shipping times for C. So we haven't seen a big delay in the ability of people to, or, or, or for us to get our products uh, by C to the U.S. And I'd also recommend for some of the viewer or the listeners to um, think about 
they have like a fast boat. They call it a fast boat. Um, it goes from Ningbo or Shanghai area, and it goes to the west coast of the U.S. Uh, relatively quickly. I think it's within 15 days, and then you have a few days on either side to clear customs. And you kind of pay a little bit more for that faster boat, uh, but it's definitely a close alternative now to some of the air freight that we're seeing. So I think that's something that uh, all the listeners can ask their forwarders whether they offer this option. And if they do, it's definitely uh, a happy medium between saving some cost on shipping. It's a little higher than an average sea uh, shipment, but compared to an air shipment, it's significantly less. Yeah, that's so, uh, that's funny you mentioned that because I've never used that option before. This they they were just like, hey, we can do this fast sea ship, and I'm like, well, what do you mean fast? You can go faster than normal, like whatever. <laughs> I'm like, well, how does this work? And and I'm the like, speedboat. Yeah, this is some speedboat thing, you know, some crazy boat that we it just came out, you know, whatever. It's new. So I was just like, what? what are you talking about? What, what is this wizardry? And uh, they're just like, no, like we can get it there a little bit faster than normal. Here's the rate. And I've actually opted for that for several of my, my shipments right now. And I mean, hopefully it's, everything's all smooth and going right now. But yep. I, I was just like, I was completely unaware of that. I've never heard of like that type of an option. They were just, a lot of them were floating that out there now. Um, and it was like a good trade-off on the, it was like a really good price and it was a reasonable time for sea shipping. And I was like, okay, I can get with that. Yeah. Yeah. We've, I mean, it's probably just cause your, your forwarder has never offered it in the past. We've offered it for, for, for years now. Um, and, um, it's definitely a good alternative, even without coronavirus. If you're like considering, Oh, should I airship this or should I sea ship it? Um, it can get pretty close, you know, to the speed, not that close, but much faster than a normal sea shipment. And it's a good thing to consider even post uh, coronavirus uh, for a lot of the sellers, you know. Okay, interesting. And then as far as customs go on, on both ends, obviously results may vary with that just on a, on a regular day, you know. I mean, sometimes things go smooth, sometimes things are delayed for whatever reason. But are you, can we anticipate even further delays with uh, things getting cleared through customs on both ends, I would assume, just for the sheer amount of uh, chaos kind of going on? Yeah, I mean, specifically like with, uh, so on the China side, as you mentioned, um, the Chinese, Chinese government was trying to uh, check more rigorously, let's say the, the medical equipment that's leaving. And the reason for that is uh, over the past few weeks, there's been a few stories about big product recalls. I think there was one in Spain about how the products were kind of faulty. And China doesn't want to get that kind of negative image, especially, um, you know, as it started in China and, and there's already kind of a little bit of animosity around the world built up already. Oh, um, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as a result, I think they want to protect themselves from getting any more kind of bad press. And that's why they've moved to make sure that a lot of the medical equipment uh, leaving China is being properly certified. Uh, before it leaves. And so if your products, uh, you might not even know, but if they're consolidated with medical equipment or, um, you know, you don't really know, maybe you're in a container and you're only doing less than container and there's medical products in it, it might take longer for you to get out of customs without you knowing it. So yeah, that is like slowing things down and you might inadvertently be slowed down on that side. Um, in the U.S., we haven't seen any major delays at the moment, um, and 
uh, God forbid, I don't think they'll they'll shut down the border for goods. Uh, I don't think that could ever happen. But um, I don't want to say never for anything. So uh, maybe you know, if the coronavirus were to get more significant, maybe there would be reduced staff in the customs um, uh, division to 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 clear goods through customs. So it could, you know, there could be further delays because of that, but we haven't seen any at the moment. So um, question for you. Now, if I'm a listener out there, and I know there's probably a few people listening to this that are kind of anticipating that their goods, let's say, maybe are going to be done in the next few days or week or whatever, and they're maybe starting to get quotes for shipping, and they're starting to see some of these prices that people are paying. Uh, Would you advise maybe people that don't necessarily need to get goods to Amazon immediately, maybe it's like an initial product launch and it doesn't have to get there, you know, to, to main, maintain inventory or whatever. Would you tell them to kind of maybe just uh, maybe chill for a little while for like a week or two and kind of see what happens with the rates? Maybe the rates might go down or, or what have you. Is there any bit of advice that you can give somebody when it comes to that? Or it's all a crapshoot. We really don't know when things are kind of going to get back to normal. Yeah, like uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I was I was hoping that rates would start the downtrend already. Like that's what I was thinking probably a month ago, um, and unfortunately, I've been the <laughs> I've been wrong the whole time. Uh, so for me, it seems like a crapshoot. But um, I wouldn't recommend waiting um, to see if air freight rates will go down, just because there's too many unknowns, and I'm not really sure how that would play out. But if you have enough time to wait then I would consider just putting your products on the fast boat if you, if you had, you know, if, if that was available to you and um, shipping it immediately as fast as you could by sea. And I think that's the best alternative rather than like trying to wait and see how air freight kind of uh, plays out in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So uh, just throwing it out there to the audience there, ask your uh, shippers or what have you about fast sea ship that might be a great option to go or split things a little bit. So maybe you can get some inventory shipped via air and then some via sea just to kind of, you know, create like a happy medium there. You know, if you do need to get inventory there rather quickly or a little bit quicker, then uh, maybe just split that up a little bit for the cost savings for you guys. Um, So that way you don't lose all your profits. And unfortunately, just due to the increases in shipping, a lot of us are going to be losing some profit for a while. And hopefully uh, everything kind of smooths out sooner rather than later. I, I hope that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, especially if there's some listeners out there, people out there that are a little bit nervous about their business, a little bit scared. And, you know, we're all going through this together. This is definitely unprecedented. And uh, I don't want anybody to feel, uh, feel too scared. You know, there's, we're all going through this together. And, uh, you know, there's people out there, resources that can kind of help us and you along the way. So, Brian, what, what, else, what else do we need to know about what's going on in, in China or like, you know, just different things that we've been kind of talking about before? Like, uh, are there any other topics that we need to dive into that uh, the listeners need to be aware of when it comes to maybe shipping or just production or just anything with logistics and all things related? Yeah, I think overall, like luckily, China has uh, gotten back to normal relatively quick. So we're seeing production. I mean, we're seeing actually, uh, uh, originally, there was kind of a supply shock, right? And you couldn't get your products. And now there's kind of, I'd say what we're seeing the biggest thing now in China is a demand shock. So uh, buyers, overseas buyers are being more cautious to release orders because they're not sure how the economies in their in their countries are going to play out. And so you see... Um, more factories right now that are relatively desperate. And also you see quite a bit of factories that have very low orders and are in risk of, of going bankrupt. 
I mean, I don't want to be a, <laughs> I don't want to be a fear mongerer, but, but that's what we're seeing here. And so knowing that I think, uh, what people, uh, that are buying from China should do is be a little bit more cautious. Um, so only give us, give the smallest deposit you can to your factory at the moment. Um, and make sure to pay them only when the goods are finished. So don't give big deposits if they ask for them. I try to avoid that. And then also know that at the moment you probably have some uh, leverage in negotiation, uh, whether it be a price or terms or uh, whatever for your for your products. Because uh, factories are relatively desperate now, and uh, now you have leverage. Previously, right after Chinese New Year, they had that because everyone wanted to get their order in and now you have the leverage again. So it's something to keep in mind. Yeah, that's, that's a great point there. I did post something about that in our Facebook group, everybody, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I said, now's a great time to have a conversation on your next order with your uh, representative that you deal with, uh, you know, for your supplier or factory uh, about your, your pricing, maybe renegotiating some terms or what have you, because uh, they, um, you know, they may be kind of thinking, man, we don't want to lose this business. And, you know, they're, they're a little fearful as well. And uh, they're going to do whatever they can to keep your business. So obviously, you know, be polite and professional and things like that. And, you know, make it a, a working business relationship, you know, just as, uh, as we need to, but it's a great opportunity to go back and, renegotiate, uh, you know, some terms there and maybe get, you know, get a little bit better cost per unit, which that, that will work out for, uh, for you in the long run, obviously with your profit and all this and that. Yeah. And one more thing on that, just as you said, like, um, also realize, I mean, do go to negotiate back with your factory, but do also be reasonable. Um, you have to also realize that the factories are having a really, really hard time now. Um, so I wouldn't recommend that everyone go back and act, um, you know, very aggressive towards their factory. Uh, but definitely if you do it in a very professional manner, then I think you can probably work something out with them for sure. Yeah. Win-win situation. Um, exactly. You yeah. know, obviously, yeah, we don't want to come at, come across the wrong way and you don't want to damage any uh, business relationships that you built up over the years. So absolutely be professional about it. There are people too, just like we are. And, uh, you know, just, just have that conversation though. I don't think it's going to hurt just to say, Hey, let's, let's talk here. And, you know, if they say no, they say no, it's, it's not the end of the world. But, um, you know, as we were talking about, I think that they're going to be uh, willing to listen and be reasonable on, um, you know, kind of future business and things like that, as long as it's a win-win. And then, you know, we were also talking, uh, before we started recording here, Brian, maybe we can talk a little bit about it, but, uh, the, the after effects or that we're going to be seeing with just the economy across the world, uh, kind of, because of all this with people losing their jobs and people being a little bit tighter with their money for the time being. And we don't know how long that's going to last. Uh, obviously there's a lot of stimulus money that's going to be thrown around in the U S I mean, just ridiculous amounts of money. And, and uh, you know, that that's good to a certain degree, but people are going to be a little bit fearful to spend money on certain things for the time being. So that comes to play with product selection and um, all things related for future products, uh, your current product line and all this and that. So, you know, we were kind of talking about that as far as like, maybe, maybe people need to go, go and think long and hard about what types of products are going to be in demand in, in the future because of all this, because of the economy is definitely going to take a hit. People's disposable income is going to be, you know, a lot less, so on and so forth. So, um, Brian, what else can we add about that as far as like how people should be thinking about navigating the waters just for product selection in, in the future because of the, the mess that we're kind of in with coronavirus? 
Yeah, sure. So I'll just give the, the listeners just a short idea of like the consumer here in China. Um, and then they could probably have an idea of like what the consumer in other countries might do um, as the virus progresses, because China is a bit basically a few months ahead of most people. So what we've seen in China in the past generally has played out in some form in a lot of other countries around the world. Um, so still at this point, I would say in China, the consumer is less likely to go out and spend money. Uh, we see less people at restaurants. We see less people at malls out doing entertainment. Um, and I think there's some a few reasons for that. I think people are still a little concerned about the virus and you know whether or not they can catch it. Um, but I also think that since a lot of people in China have lost their jobs, they just simply don't have disposable income to to go out and spend money. And we've seen a lot of shops kind of close and go bankrupt. And so if you put that same kind of trajectory on the U.S., uh, it's very likely that, you know, a lot of people, which is already happening, are losing their jobs and that these people will have to focus on more necessity purchases rather than, um, you know, like optional things that they can have, like rent and like their bills and, and, and food and anything that they need to kind of survive. And so it's important that when we make decisions to uh, develop new products or develop new brands, at least for the near term, um, that any high-end product or any luxury type good might be very strained during this time. And it's something to consider uh, if you're going to start new product lines, but it's also something to consider if you currently sell those type of products. So you might want to be a little bit more cautious on your next order with your factory and not buy as much and tie up as much cash. You know, you might want to be a little bit more nimble uh, during these times because there's so much uncertainty ahead of us. Um, and it's definitely something that uh, everyone should be thinking about as we move forward. Yeah, those are great points. And uh, things that the kind of some common sense stuff that I may or may not have mentioned on a uh, podcast uh, prior to this and dealing with this coronavirus stuff and kind of where what people are thinking about right now, obviously, if you're selling any sort of like home health category type of products, and you're lucky enough to have a lot of inventory available, you're probably a very happy person right now, probably making a considerable amount of money. Uh, Amazon's obviously prioritizing your orders. So life is probably pretty good for you. Uh, other categories as well. So like, home fitness. Obviously, that's just a, a massive, massive uh, surge in traffic right now with you know people, they can't go work out at their gym. So they're buying up everything and anything when it comes to home fitness. Will that trend continue? I, I would like to think that that's going to be one that's going to stick around a while. Even as the gyms start to open back up, people might still kind of like that idea of working out at home because it saves them some money or whatever. Uh, so if you're selling anything with that, or maybe for future types of products, brands, what have you, uh, that's something I would strongly consider. And me personally, um, I I've been trying to buy uh, an exercise mat online for, I don't know, this past week, week and a half, and almost every site that I try to order from or Amazon or what have you, you know, they're out of stock and or um, it's going to take like a month to get delivered. So it's definitely a little frustrating there because there's such huge demand on it. Same thing with like uh, kettlebells. So I've been looking for kettlebells, literally scouring the internet, like almost every site possible. Everybody's out of stock. Now, is that going to be a trend that's going to continue? Who knows? But again, the idea is that there's a huge demand for certain things like, like right now because life has changed for everybody. And I think there's, that's going to spill over into when we do get out of this mess, you know, there's going to be just behaviors of people that are, are going to change. So we have to, we can recognize that. And uh, the, the obvious one to mention 
is the whole uh, prepper category of preparedness. You know, like that was obviously a kind of like a real special type of niche thing for, for a long time that we all kind of laughed about or whatever. But now that's something that there's going to be a lot more people, not just in the U.S., but around the world, they're going to look at and go, hey, maybe we need to be more prepared going forward. So let's look at, you know, buying XYZ type of products, uh, you know, home, uh, home food kits, whatever that is, rations or the, the MREs, things like that. Just, just to be prepared at home. Uh, all, that, all that stuff is, you know, going to be in demand now, but going forward as well, because I think this coronavirus event is, you know, it's, it's going to have a huge ripple effect on just how we operate as, as society and, 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 and people and our buying behaviors and like wh- where we're going to spend our money. So that's something to kind of think about for your current product selection and your future product selection um, as we kind of navigate our way through the, through the rest of the year. So is that, uh, is that pretty much makes sense there, Brian? Yeah, I agree. And I think also people should keep in mind, I mean, obviously a lot of talk is about flattening the curve and, um, that's of course to like reduce the load on our healthcare system. Um, but until we have like a solution to the, the spread of the virus, whether it be through some type of medicine or through a vaccine, I think I think consumers in general are going to be relatively cautious um, and the economy is going to be uh, going through some tough times. So you might have these trends of people, you know, not going out as much for an extended period of time until this is solved. So it's something that people should think about before they, you know, go in and try to run and invest in something uh, heavily that might, you know, not come to fruition because, you know, this might take longer than most people think. So I, I think people should keep that in mind when they are planning uh, their, their year of, of purchasing and developing new products, for sure. Yeah, so be a little bit more cautious on that initial order of, uh, of that uh, product that you're developing or that you think might be a hit. You know, maybe, maybe you do want to go big and you think it's going to be, you know, a home run, but yeah, just definitely test the waters with it. You know, don't uh, blow your entire life savings on, on one product or whatever. So be a little bit cautious just because again, we don't know how the consumer behaviors are going to totally react their buying behaviors, you know, in terms of online shopping and all this and that. And there's just uh, so much uncertainty, I guess right now. And, and hopefully, uh, hopefully there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel sooner rather than later. I mean, I know a lot of you guys have been listening to the news and, you know, kind of staying glued to what's been going on. And it seems like, you know, there's, there's been a lot of bad news, but there's been good news as well. And, uh, I just, and I just really hope that everything just gets taken care of and, and uh, we can kind of go about our, our lives to some normalcy within the next few weeks, few months, what have you. Um, it's obviously, it's going to take considerably longer for things to fully go back to normal. But uh, yeah, just, just be more strategic and more cautious about your business decisions on, on all ends right now while the economy kind of remains a little bit uh, unsure of what it, what it wants to fully do right now. I mean, you look at the, the stock market, it's bipolar, it's just all over the place. And it's like, uh, you know, down huge for a whole bunch of days and up huge for a whole bunch of days. And it's, you know, that's usually kind of like a, a general barometer of how people are feeling. And uh, right now we're not really sure what to feel, but we want to feel good. We want things to go back to normal. So um, Brian, uh, you obviously have a amazing company called easy China warehouse. Could you tell, uh, the listeners a little bit about what you guys do there and how your services could benefit us in navigating us through these uncertain times right now? Yeah, sure. So 
we help Amazon sellers or any e-commerce sellers get their products from China um, to either Amazon FBA uh, all around the world by sea or air or by drop shipping to your end customers uh, directly from China. And so during these times, um, we can offer a lot of also the value add services that a 3PL in the US might offer. For example, like prepping product, kitting products, uh, labeling um, cartons and things like that for Amazon um, at a lower cost than you might have a warehouse in the US do it. Um, and we also offer the fast boat as well. So for people that are interested in learning like uh, about whether or not they can improve their sea shipping times during these times as an alternative to, to air shipping, uh, we'd be happy to give people kind of more information about how that works. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of what we're specialized in is focusing uh, on all e-commerce sellers and getting their products from their manufacturing facility to wherever they need in the world. And I just thought it's worth mentioning, Brian, you are also an e-commerce seller, right? Like you do sell on Amazon. So I, I think that's important to maybe throw out there to the audience that you're, you're in, the, in the trenches with us as well, right? Yeah. So, so I think, yeah, I sell Bluetooth speakers actually. Um, and obviously mine is a more uh, selectable item during this time. So I'm also having uh, some tough times as well as all the listeners <laughs> uh, with that brand. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of our advantages too, is that since I am an e-commerce seller myself, I kind of understand the, the needs of sellers and we're able to offer those in our warehouse. So, so we make things much easier and we as a team understand the needs much better than a lot of our competitors. So I think that gives us a, a leg up on some of the other people that provide services like ours. Awesome. And then where can people find you and your company online? Uh, what, what's your website or what, what other channels are you on or how, how can people get a hold of you, Brian? Yeah, sure. So um, people can look at our website at easychinawarehouse.com. Um, and if you'd like to contact me directly, uh, just, I mean, not even just for, for, for our services, but if anyone has questions about China, uh, has concerns about anything going on, uh, feel free to just send me an email. My email is brian, B-R-I-A-N, at easychinawarehouse.com. So um, just, just, just to let your listeners know that they don't have to worry about asking me for my services. They can ask for help too. It's no problem. Okay, awesome. And I will certainly link up all this information in the show notes as usual, you guys. So if you're uh, driving right now or whatever it is that you're doing, you're probably at home right now, more than likely on, uh, on some sort of a lockdown. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're probably right. not on a No subway. one's really driving. <laughs> yeah, you're not at the gym right now listening to this podcast. If you are, uh, you're probably the only one there and you're not supposed to be there. So uh, yeah, check out the show notes uh, for any links to, um, to Brian's, Brian's company there. And obviously reach out to him if you guys got any questions on China or just help, you know, navigating with your shipping or anything like that, or any of the services that he mentioned that he can offer you guys to help you through these, um, kind of these crazy times right now. So we just need resources. We need people that we can talk to and listen to and, and learn from to, uh, help us get where we want to go and help us get out of this. So Brian, anything else that, uh, maybe any parting last words of, uh, wisdom or any, anything that you want to throw to the audience there to, to maybe send them on their way? Um, wisdom, man. Um, I just think that people should be uh, a little bit cautious. Uh, I think it's going to take longer than people think. And so just to be careful as you do develop new products and uh, 
I wish it was more optimistic, but I, I want to caution the viewer, the listeners to just be cautious as they move forward in 2020, for sure. It will work out better for you and you'll, you'll survive uh, through these hard times if you are uh, a bit more cautious. So. Well, amazing talking with you, Brian. I know I appreciated it and I know the listeners did as well. I want to thank you so much for spending a few minutes out of your busy day with us here on the Private Labeler Show podcast. That was awesome. And I really, really, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate all of the great information. I took a lot away from it. I know you guys did as well. Now, as I mentioned, I want to highlight just a couple of key points and key takeaways for you guys from our conversation before you get on with your day. Now, there could be a million different things because there's so much great information being passed out in that conversation by Brian. But uh, for time's sake, here are kind of my top three things that I took away that I wanted to pass along. So uh, as we talked a lot about it, air shipping is ridiculously expensive right now. And if you elect to do that, just understand that that's going to eat through your profits considerably uh, with paying all the high rates right now. And, um, you know, air shipping, obviously the fastest, but might not be as fast as you you would uh, kind of expect normally just because there are a lot of delays right now. So the, the other option to consider that we were really stressing is the fast sea shipping option. So talk to your forwarder about that. And yeah, it's not as fast as air shipping, but... It might be that happy medium there where you get a really great price and your hopefully your goods are arrive in a reasonable time frame. So look into fast sea shipping. Uh, the next thing that we talked about is that it is time to think about negotiating the terms and prices that you're currently getting from your supplier. So they are right now really desperate to keep business. Uh, from leaving, just dealing with everything that's going on. So as we discussed, it might be a great opportunity for you guys to go back to your supplier and say, hey, let's talk about um, some of these terms that we're, that you're offering me here, some of the prices, and uh, let's just make this a win-win for everybody. And the whole key is, again, to be professional and uh, offer a win-win situation for them. So if they give you a lower price per unit, maybe just say, hey, I'll look into ordering more product from you then or, or what have you. We can ramp up the quantities and all that kind of good stuff. So create that win-win situation. But again, go back and negotiate or renegotiate those terms and prices with your supplier. And last but not least, guys, uh, buying behaviors are changing right now as we speak, as we're dealing with this coronavirus stuff. So, you know, people don't really have as much disposable income as they used to have. So depending upon the products that you're currently selling or the future products that you're considering selling, uh, you may want to really, really put a lot of thought into where you're going to take your business. So if you're selling some really high-end luxury items that aren't a necessity, you might notice a drop in business. So you might want to reevaluate your product selection going forward, given the current climate, the current economics of everything. Uh, I still think we're in the early stages of really seeing what is going to kind of come out the other end in terms of job losses. And again, just people not having that disposable income. So they might not be as apt to buy your high-end product as they were, you know, just a few months ago before all this coronavirus uh, stuff started. So evaluate your current product selection, make smart business decisions based off of everything. And again, for all those future products that you want to launch, um, you know, you may need to put a little extra thought into things as 
the global economics or the, the disposable income essentially of everybody is going to be a little bit different than it was not too long ago. So those are uh, some of my key takeaways there that I wanted to pass along to you guys. Uh, we're about to wrap this episode up here. Again, I hope you took a lot away from the conversation. And again, check out privatelabelershow.com forward slash 146 for any of the links that we talked about in this episode. And get joined up in our Facebook group if you guys yet are, are not yet a member. We would love to have you in there to get joined up. Simply go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB and request to join. And last but not least, guys, if you could leave me an awesome review on iTunes, preferably, that would be amazing. And uh, I would greatly appreciate it. I love reading each and every review, and it kind of keeps me pushing forward to keep putting out more and more episodes for you guys. So that about does it. I really appreciate you guys sticking through to the very end. Have a great rest of the day. Take some action. Be productive during this downtime right now, and go out there and just make it happen right now. Bye. This episode of The Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.